VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This show was created by people off of Nickelodeon and the people of Nickelodeon saw this and went, oh my gosh, we need that. There has to be a reason why they wanted that because you wouldn't just go out and get somebody else's story when you've been creating your own for years, unless it's good and it means something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not Rugrats or Doug, which is what I thought it might be when I went in. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Everyone's got their thing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Fanatics, your favorite podcast. I am your co-host, Claire Kramer, and I am sitting here with my lovely co-host, Jake Marin. Hi, Jake. Hey, Claire. I'm so happy to be here, uh, mainly because I get to talk about something I actually know today. You know what? They... (laughs) Those those knowledge is power memes, they do mean something. I mean, they're there for a reason because it's nice to talk about something you know. I'm excited about that. We'll get to the topic in just a second. But first, I want to introduce our guest. He stars on the show Let the Right One In, which is an amazing show, 10 episodes. You have to tune in if you haven't seen it. It is Jacob Buster. He is on the show today to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. And oh. if you are one of those people who have not seen Let the Right One In, you probably recognize Jacob from Colony, which is a great show I was a big fan of. Uh, Sister Swap, Hometown Holiday, Sister Swap, Christmas in the City. And, you know, like he's got just tons of credits. But anyway, he's here today to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. And, you know, I'm actually excited. I haven't seen the show yet, but I've seen both versions of Let the Right One In, the movie, the Danish version and the English. So Ah. I'm pretty excited to see this show to see if it holds up to those both great movies. Yeah, but I mean it's it's yeah, I'm a completionist. So when I've talked about this before on the podcast when there's like a book that's the source material for a series or a book that's turned into the movies like the Bourne series for example or something like that, I really like to do my research and start at the beginning of the origin of the material and move my way in. So I've got to watch the movies now. I got to reverse it a little bit on this I one. I love it. I love it. And also I love that today we're going into another world. We are. You know, airbender. It's We're going airbender. into a bending of air, earth, fire, and water world. <laughs> so stoked. What would you bend? What would I bend? You know, I, I'm interested to see what Jacob would bend, but for me, I think air is pretty cool because you could get air anywhere. You know, you need to be by water to get water. Mm-hmm. You need to be by land to get land. And I don't want to touch fire because I don't want to burn myself. Right. Air's just kind of like your BFF, always around, like, don't have to ask him over, just already there, hanging out, yeah. doing its job. Helping me breathe. Helping I love you breathe. 
anyway, yes, please enjoy this episode with Jacob Buster. Okay, Jacob, tell me, do you wish that you could telekinetically manipulate one of the four elements? Is that something you want to do in your life? Oh, 100%. And I think I think water bending would be one of the coolest, but I think something that's so cool is that in the show you can see the air bending, but in real life that's just to show you what's happening. Like you actually couldn't see it in real life. So maybe air bending might be the one that I would choose. I don't know. <laughs> That's actually a really good point that I didn't think about. That's that's like cinematic genius right there, pandering just to the audience that watches. In case you haven't guessed it, we're talking about Avatar, The Last Airbender today. And Jacob, could you give us an overview of what Avatar, The Last Airbender is for those who may not be familiar with it? Yes. Yeah, so Avatar, The Last Airbender is basically a story about if the human world combined with the spiritual world. And they kind of created the avatar who is somebody who was able to harness all four elements whose job was to kind of help keep everything in balance throughout the world between the spirit realm and the human realm. And so for you, is your fanaticism focused around the series? Because there's a lot of branches off, you know, I mean, there's a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender, the live version, the spinoff that like, is yours the original series? Is that re- really what we're talking about today? Yes. Or did yeah. the others count as well? I, I I mean, they definitely count. But for me, it's it's mainly the Nickelodeon series and Legend of Korra. And they started Avatar Studios. So now they're working on some new stories, which I'm super excited for. That is very cool. You know, Jacob, I never knew about this show until COVID. And I watched a bunch of episodes, went through the whole series with my wife. And for me, I guess I'm curious, which character speaks the most to you? You know, I, I just wanted to hug Appa. That's all I wanted to do, that big old dog that flies. <laughs> but for you, I'm curious, which character do you identify with most? Ah, I I think Zuko is such a, like, phenomenal mm. character. The Like, the thing is, is when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, it, it was on Nickelodeon. I can see that element. And as I watched the show progress, I was like, oh, my gosh, these characters have so much depth to them and just watching them grow and learn and the way that they interact. It's like, I don't know, nothing ever felt like spoon fed. It always felt like everything was deserved in the story. Yeah. That's what blew me away when I was watching it. You know, my wife always tries to get me into anime. She tries to get me into all kinds of shows, but this was the first one that had me hooked. And I went in thinking it was a kid's show and it was just remarkable. I I was blown away. Uh, And Claire, let me ask you, have your kids seen this show? You know what? I think they have probably come across it. Although I would now, I, I, I guarantee you by the end of the podcast, I'm going to like have a rewatch set up with them, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which Jacob, I will invite you to. I'm down. <laughs> but let me ask you this. You mentioned like first seeing and being like, oh, this is just an animated series. And then like sort of realizing what was your first exposure? What was your entry point into Avatar The Last Airbender? So obviously I would go over to my friend's house every now and then and it would be on the TV. But it, it was the type of thing where like you'd watch a random episode, you didn't understand the story and then you'd move on. Actually, it was my brother that introduced me to it. He had finally gotten a TV in his room and I came home from one of my friend's houses and he was like, hey, I'm watching this show. You're welcome to come watch it if you want. And I watched like one of the first episodes of the first season and I was like, wait, what? What is this show? And then I just watched it all the way through and now I have like 
Appa stuffed toys. I have Avatar <laughs> socks. I have I have the whole DVD set. It's like it's it's a thing now for sure. What was the first piece of merch you got? Actually, the Appa stuffed toy. At the time, uh, <laughs> at the time, somebody I was seeing a lot ended up getting it for me for Christmas, and I, I still have it to this day. That is a perfect gift, and I'm surprised that you didn't get married to that person. Because wow. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Get me an Oppa <laughs> stuffed young, toy. He's young, Jake. Don't project. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, but that Oppa toy, though, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Maybe it transcends age. Maybe it does. It does. <laughs> no, you know, part of what I love about properties like The Last Airbender is it is so collectible. It is so likable, you know? What What do you think? Okay, you saw the first episode with your brother. I want to go a little deeper here. And you're like, what is this? Did you then restart from season one, episode one, and conti- and watch the whole thing? Was your brother involved with that? Tell me, talk me through the, you know, the whole passion of it. Yeah, so actually from that point on, I, I started watching it from the very beginning. I, I started watching it in my room actually with the person that got me the Alpha stuffed toy. And so, so we watched it all together and really loved the show. And I just, I think one of the main things that really spoke to me about it was how well crafted the world was and the quote unquote magic system. Like there's so many stories that create this big world, but I feel like I can just find a loophole and I'm like, Oh, they just didn't do that because it would have ruined the story. Mm. But in Avatar, there's nothing like that. Like there's always a moment where it's like, no, that was deserved or that was deserved or that happened because of this. And there's like always a reason, which I love. You have all this merch, Jacob. Okay. But let me ask you, are, have you taken it further? You ever go as a character on Halloween, you know, for, as like an airbender character? Are you going to get a tattoo <laughs> of one of the characters on your body? Are you open to that? I'm just curious, how far has this gone? You know, I actually did go dressed up as Aang at one Halloween. I, I went I went as Aang. I didn't shave my head, but I had the whole arrow and everything. And living in Utah, it was very cold. So <laughs> that that was maybe maybe a little bit of misjudgment on my part. But it, it was a great Halloween. And I, I would actually consider getting a tattoo. I haven't because of acting. I'd have to cover it all up and everything. But I think that would be really cool, though. Maybe to have like a little arrow right there or something. I like that. So talk to me about this show and how much, you know, it's obviously inspired by the Chinese martial arts and it's, it's a surface level show. But then when you go deeper, it's really talking, you know, it's philosophizing life and talking about, you know, very Buddhist and Taoism philosophies. What, what appeals to you about that versus just watching the Simpsons? So I think one of the main things that appeals to me is that, you, you can kind of feel the creators of the show battling against the almost Nickelodeon style in a way. Like in the first season, you can kind of feel certain moments where you're like, yeah, that, that was definitely something that you would see on Nickelodeon. Mm. And as it moves forward, they, they found ways to deepen your connection with them without having to go into like a super dark place, which I found really interesting because most shows you see now really to like connect you to a character, go to some bizarre thing that like really you're like, whoa, I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. And in Avatar, obviously you have moments like that with Aang going through so much pain, but the way that they do it, instead of focusing so much on the pain, they really focus on the now and the present and the light that he's now able to bring, which I kind of love. Yeah. 
And as an actor, that has to be like finding that connection in an unexpected place. Like, I don't know, just as an artist, you always want to try to find those that material that, you know, you can really connect with. So if you were on the series, <laughs> who would you play? It could be a new character. It could be part mm. of the chorus spinoff, you know. Who would you play and how would you, Jacob, integrate into the show? That's a good question. I feel like, I feel like personally, I think my favorite character to play would be Zuko because I love how much he changes. Mm -hmm. I feel like out of every character in the show, he changes the most. And like to watch his wall come down and then see him in such a vulnerable state and then pushed away and pulled back in and like, like a core member of the group, they need him, but they can't quite trust him at moments. And I don't know. I love, I love how much of a internal struggle he has. And to go back to a question you asked earlier about that martial arts, it's really cool because they actually based each type of bending off a different like kind of like area in martial arts. So even if you didn't see what was happening, you could tell what they were bending off of how they're moving, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Are you, are you into martial arts? Are you into, uh, you know, do you, do you take lessons? Have you ever taken lessons? Is that something you want to do? Sadly, I haven't. I think that would be very fun. I spent most of my time as a kid playing soccer. I did like 13 years of that. So yeah, when I was out in New York filming, I would go do pickup games all the time. It was super fun. It's very that, cool. That is awesome. So is this a series that you'll rewatch and rewatch and rewatch? Do you put this on as like your comfort food series? Or is this something that you've seen and now you're good and maybe at some point in the future you'll introduce a partner to? Actually, recently my brother got a girlfriend. So every time I come home, they're watching Avatar. <laughs> so I've been watching it with them a good bit. Um, it, it's definitely one of those things that my brother and I, anytime we meet somebody new, we're like, you have to watch this show. But I think for me right now, I, I enjoy watching it with other people to see how they kind of interpret it because I feel like I see a lot of people that have different opinions. And yeah, right now I'm really enjoying kind of exploring maybe other parts of that world and kind of going into comics and seeing what happens right after and, and possibly the next Avatar Genji after Korra, which would be cool to see. But yeah. Well, speaking of Korra, do you, have you watched that show all the way through? And I want to hear what you think about the M. Night Shyamalan adaptation uh, of, of the movie. Yeah, so I have watched Korra all the way through. And I really, really enjoyed that series as well. I think, I think Avatar The Last Airbender is so meticulously crafted in a way where I, there's nothing I would change. That to then have Korra stand up next to it, it's, it's hard to get it exactly to the right spot, but I think they did a phenomenal job with what they were given. And and with the live adaptation, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I don't think it was quite the um, I don't think it was quite the best representation of what the series truly is. And so I'm hoping that with the new live thing that Netflix is doing, that they're able to get it more in that direction. And uh, Netflix, Jacob Buster's out here. I don't know. He's already made his pitch to play Zuko. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, oh, yeah. what do you think Alpha. the M. Night movie was missing from a fan perspective? Yeah, they, they tried to take the whole first season and put it into one movie. And and I feel like one of the things that it was really missing was, I don't know, it felt like it was missing kind of the heart of the story. A lot, a lot of the story was about just 
them flying from place to place and the connection between the characters and why they wanted to go on this journey together. Cause it was so much more than just saving the world from the firebenders, you know, like it was, it was such a connection when, when they could have left and gone and seen their dad that they haven't seen in so long, but instead they chose to stay with him. It's like stuff like that didn't feel as earned in the movie. Cause they just had to get through plot points mm-hmm. over and over and over. And so it didn't feel like there was as much building up to that. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Would you like to see Aang in, you know, another 10 years? Like, is this a series that could, you know, that movie Seven Up where it was like, follow, I don't know if you, you, you may not remember this. This was a documentary that every seven years they interviewed the same kids, right? For like mm. s- decades. And, and it was fun. So I feel like maybe that could happen here with Aang. What do you think? Do you, is there the interest from a fan's perspective to see what happens in the next decade of his life? Yeah, 100%. I, I, I would love to see that. I don't think, obviously, he's not going to be saving the world from the firebenders destroying it again. So maybe it won't be as in-depth of a story as it, the first one was. But I really would love to see that. And I would also love to see uh, some more stories after some stuff that happens to Korra that I won't say because it may spoil it for some other people. But there's a huge, huge thing that happens that all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, what the heck? And I I, I need to see more after that because mm-hmm. that season's kind of crazy. Is this something that you will put on and watch or think about when you are down and need a little pick-me-up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. As long as it's not Appa's last, lost days, I, I could turn it on and be happy to it. But off those last days, that'll just, that'll, that'll that turn goes down. Sad Jacob <laughs> yeah. into super sad Jacob. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I don't want to do that. so sad. I, oh. Mm. Now, Jacob, is there something else that you're this passionate about? Because just talking to you, I could tell this is a big part of your being, you know, this isn't just some little hobby that you partake in from time to time. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about other shows, I, I love Arcane. I think the art style of that, and just to see a video game that I really enjoyed create such an interesting story was really lovely to see. And then also, if we're talking about other things in life, obviously acting, super passionate mm-hmm. about that. Music is a huge, huge part of my life. My dad used to be a DJ, and my brother now produces and creates music. So absolutely love that. We have a studio downstairs. And yeah, I think I think those are some of my main things. Nice. So how many times, you mentioned the first time and you mentioned the time now with your brother and the girlfriend. How many episodes do you think you've seen collectively? Ooh, um, I think I've seen the show probably about five or six times through. 
mm-hmm. which I, I think would equate to about a little more than 300 episodes, maybe, give or take. My math's probably off a bit. But yeah, also something that I find interesting is so many people talked about the end of the show and they're like, oh, it's a cop out. It's this. And I'm like, rewatch the show. You'll, you'll see moments where it's, it's there, but it's not talked about. And it just like flies under your radar until you've seen that ending. And then you go back and you go, oh my gosh, that's what they were talking about. That's okay. That makes so much sense. Did the writers know how it was going to end? Is this one like, you know, with Babylon 5, for example, they knew five seasons, like, that's it. We're going to, we know beginning to end. Was it the same way with the series? Oh, yeah. You can feel that 100%. With, with, with the way that each season ended, a lot of shows nowadays, what they'll do is they'll, they'll tell you a story from the beginning of episode one to about almost the end of the last episode of the season. And then they'll have like 10 minutes at the end where they tack on some new plot and say, this could go to a season two. But with Avatar, it was continuous throughout. There was no moment in which I felt like, okay, they just wanted to be able to create more. Like that, it, it, it continuously felt like they knew where this story was going and they knew exactly where they wanted this character to turn and why and who made that happen. And it just all felt like really, really well done to me. It sounds like mm. your your brother and you obviously bonded over this. He's the one who introduced you to it. Do you guys, mm. besides like the girlfriend watching it with him and you watching episodes, do you guys like quote the show to one another all the time? Do you make little jokes? Like how how does this bond you guys? One hundred percent. We quote it all the time, but I mean that's not saying much. My brother and I have my, like we're best friends. We moved out together and got this place and. We're not planning on moving out anytime soon. So, I mean, yeah, Avatar is a huge thing. Arcane is a huge thing. A lot of these things I've been talking about are just big between the both of us. I like that. Okay, so as your brother may have had to do with his girlfriend to get her to watch the first episode, pretend you're talking to someone, Jacob, who has never seen Avatar, The Last Airbender, Never doesn't really know anything about it, and you have to sell them on watching. What do you say? Okay. I think the way that I would start it out is I would say, I know it's a Nickelodeon show. And I know that when you think about that, you would think, oh, it's a child's show. There's probably not much of a plot to it. There's probably not much that I would gain from watching this show. But the way that I would counteract that is by saying this show was created by people off of Nickelodeon. And the people of Nickelodeon saw this and went, oh my gosh, we need that. There has to be a reason why they wanted that because you wouldn't just go out and get somebody else's story when you've been creating your own for years, unless it's good and it means something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not Rugrats or Doug, which is what I thought it might be when I went in. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Jake, come on. (laughs) It was great. I, I was shocked. I mean, during COVID, we're looking for things to watch. My wife tells me how amazing this show is. I'm thinking, okay, it's a, it's a child show. And then it just blows my mind. We watch every season. I, I It was shocking to me how good it was. Mm-hmm. Actually crazy. And season two, man, that season. I love that season. So good. What is the best episode of the series? Would it be a season two episode? I mean, you gotta, you gotta love the episode where they introduce Toph. She's, mm-hmm. she's such a great character. Oh, that's such a good one. 
The very last episode is so good. Ooh, what's that one called? Um, the Puppet Master. That episode is so good. That is a hard question. Dang. Well, let me ask you a harder question here. Okay. Is there one episode that you hate? I do have an answer for that one. Awesome. I think my answer for that is The Great Divide. That episode felt like, I guess I wouldn't say I hate it, but it it felt like it didn't push the story in any direction that I would have wanted. It felt like all that really happened is we were basically summarizing what we already knew about the characters, just kind of tacking it on and being like, look, this thing we already know happened here. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Move on to the next episode. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So yeah, that, that, that's, that's the only episode. That's it. So you mentioned Toph. And in my research before this podcast, my, my few minutes of Googling, I realized that that character was almost a male character. Now, can you imagine the series with her being male? Honestly, I, I could, but I don't think it would have been as interesting to me because I love her personality. She's like short, blind girl, but she just rules everything. Like there's no beating Toph when it comes to earthbending. And, and I love how that's shown throughout the show. It's so, it's so fun to watch this character just absolutely dominate like these huge guys that think they're the best earthbender and she just destroys them. So fun. So sometimes with the suspension of disbelief, especially with like animation, you are able, obviously with animation, you can do, same with comics, you can do much, much more than you can in live action. And we talked about how M. Night's movie sort of lacked that, I guess you would say, heart a little bit. Mm. Do you think enough time has passed where you could actually see these characters as live action once again and like capture the essence of the story? Is it time to like try again for a live action? Hmm. So, bit of a hot take. Originally, uh, it it was said that the the original creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender were supposed to be a part of the Netflix remake of the live action one, and and they they were trying to kind of move the story in the direction that the show was, and and Netflix didn't quite want that, and so they kind of took it on their own. So it makes me a little nervous for mm-hmm. it. Cause I'm like, I'm like, oh no, these, these people that created this world and really understand it and like have passion for it kind of got pushed out to the side. Uh, but if, if they were to make a, a live action, I would love to see that. And I'm hoping, hoping Netflix is as good. Cause I feel like it would just draw more people to it, which would be great. How, how wide is the fandom? Are you on message boards? <laughs> are you, are you like... You know, we talked a little bit about the merch, but I feel like this mm-hmm. is a property where the merch is like kind of secondary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you out there discussing storylines and like the future of this franchise on message boards, on like meetups? I mean, I would be, but <laughs> but I'm just projecting that on myself. Tell me, yeah. Jacob, how do you interact with other fans? I mean, right now. I haven't been on mess- message boards much. I-, I think I would be on them more as no- as they create more stories and as it kind of builds the world. But um, definitely, I-, I-, I got to go to Comic-Con in New York, and I-, I was just checking out all the Avatar stuff there. So that's that's really fun to go see all the people that got dressed up and all these people that know the show so well and 
can tell me things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. And it's, it's, it's really fun to have a common connection with a stranger. When you have that connection, like what is the, what is the icebreaker between you guys? Like just, do you just immediately start talking about the characters? Is it the storyline? Is it the, the overall feeling of the show? Probably the feeling, the feeling that you get is like a big, big connection that I feel with a lot of other people that really enjoy the show. So to see, to see somebody that's dressed up as one of the characters, I'd typically be like, that is such a cool costume. And then as we talk about it, we just immediately go into like the emotional aspect of the show and like how we connected so deeply with it and like how we just want to see the characters do more things, whether whether it's like a short little thing or a comic book or something just to like kind of be connected and immersed in that world again. But there's no secret handshake or a hand signal to let each other know. <laughs> like we're into this. I actually... No, but I have a handshake with one of my friends that I um, that I got into the world. Um, oh, what is it again? It was like earth, fire, water, air. It went like that. It was I, cool. I love that. I think that needs she to be the that. official, the official handshake of all Airbender fans out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we made that up after watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised you dressed up as Aang for Halloween one year because, like, you basically grew up with this character, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm also not surprised that we're ready to see him, you know, at 22 or, you know, it, this next decade. What would you be missing in your life without without Aang and without these these characters in this story? What what component would be missing? You know, I feel like when I when I finally sat down to watch the show. I was in a I was in a place in my life where I I definitely was was going through a good bit and and to be able to sit down and just kind of watch these characters that were also going through so much but kind of still able to find the light in these situations and still able to enjoy their time and still able to be like a kid that really helped me a lot to just sit down and watch this show and it also really helped me to like get some friends in my life that like really cared about like me in a sense, more so than just like what we would do together. You know? I love that. I love that, man. I'm very grateful that I had it at the time I did. It sounds like it was also like a nice bonding thing with you and your brother, you know, like from mm. the beginning and now the rewatch, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's sometimes it's nice to have that common ground that's non-controversial with a sibling. Like, okay, we can talk about the show and we, it doesn't uh -huh. really, you know, we, we can disagree or agree and it's a safe space. <laughs> in other words, Jake, do you have that with your wife watching it? Oh, so that, I mean, that was a great show, but we, I have that with my family. It's heavyweights, the movie. We watch that. That mm. just takes us to that place of like childhood, enjoying it. We're not talking politics. We're not talking money. We're just enjoying life here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my brother and I, actually, crazily enough, I don't remember the last time we argued. Like, we we don't really at all. And I, I, I think the only person I ever argued with in my family was my little sister. She, When she was younger, she was pretty stubborn. And, and I was very emotional. So she would, like, take one of my toys and we would argue about that. But... Now, now, I mean, nobody in my family, really. We're all just kind of cool with each other. Is the rest of your family into Airbender at all? No, I've been trying to get my dad to watch it for so long. 
Like I, I keep going, dad, you have to see the show. You have to see this. And he's seen like the first episode, but he's, he's super busy with writing and directing and producing. So it, it's understandable, but I need to get him to watch it at some point. <laughs> what like personal lessons have you taken away from the show? You know, we talked a little bit about the heart and that that it, you know, is more than just a series about, you know, these characters. It's really a, an overlaying philosophy on life. So what have you taken away, Jacob? Well, um, in in that in that place in my life I was when I first found it, it was it was kind of finding the light in a dark situation of understanding that even though there's a lot of pressure on you and even though there's like so much writing on this moment or this little thing that you're doing. That doesn't mean that there isn't a way to take it in, experience it and move on. That there's ways mm-hmm. to continue your life and to grow and learn from hard situations. That's one of the main things I think I've learned from the show. And it has it helped you through hard times? Very much so. Yeah. As I mean, I love acting. I, I don't really know where I would be without it, but also sometimes it can feel like a lot of pressure to step on set and, and be the one in front of the camera from all of the amazing work that other people have put in of writing this script and creating this character and doing the makeup and finding the wardrobe and everything that they've done that now I need to put it all together and make it means something and and it's one of the most wonderful feelings and one of the hardest things to have like weighing on you and and I think that's why I love it is because it goes so deep and it goes and it's like so vibrant at the same time and like it really just depends on how you interpret it and what you do with it on whether it's mm-hmm. going to benefit you or not I love that I love that. All right. Before we let you go, this has been an amazing podcast. Yes. And as as predicted, I'm planning to watch the series now. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Let's go. Big we surprise. got one. We got one. Um, <laughs> but before we let you go, Jacob, could you please regale us with a love letter to Avatar, The Last Airbender? Of course. Dear Avatar The Last Airbender, thank you so much for becoming a part of my life at such a pivotal moment and helping me become the person that I want and love. Love, Jacob. Yay. Fabulous, Jacob. Man, it, it, I'm going to have to watch it again with my wife, so she'll be super happy. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. I am, I am definitely in. What a nice guy. <laughs> The sweetest. I just really like him. I mean, he's he's so he was just really a nice Jacob is a nice person. <laughs> just a really good guy. And you know what? I think that's why he's been able to get so many people to watch this show because he's so sweet, so enthusiastic about it. How could you not want to go binge? Uh, right now. Right. But also it was like, you could tell that it was meaning, you know, and being an actor, he has like that emotional depth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That even I'm, I did not have it 18. He's much more seasoned than, than I was. I, I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked he's 18. Um, it makes me feel old. Yeah. But the way that he discussed the show and like what it meant to him and how it helped him kind of like, not necessarily helped him through hard times, but you know, lessons he'd learned and take yeah. taken away. It just, it 
gives that like feeling of like, it's not just entertainment. This is like meaningful content, you know, which we're all looking for. We all want to, we all want to like get to that meaningful content out there. So. And even more than the meaningful content, the fact that it, it was just like one of the first things him and his brother really connected on. And now they're living together, watching it again, introducing his brother's girlfriend to the show. I love that. I love what it's done for, for him. And, and also he mentioned that a lot of friends, it, it helped him to bring in friends who actually cared about him into his life as opposed to, you know, maybe trying to be friends with people who just don't care about you. Right. And um, now I feel like a dum-dum because <laughs> when he talked about bending the element of air and the fact uh-huh. that that was animated just so you would know what was happening versus like you actually would not see that. I'm like, oh, yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> did you notice that? Did you ever think of that when you were watching the show? <laughs> I mean, I know that, like, that's the thing with air. You don't see wind, you know, so they have to, like, graphic it a little bit. So I understood what he was saying. And when you compare it to fire and earth and water, obviously those are very noticeable, whereas the wind is a little more mysterious, Claire. Yeah, well, that's true. I think that initially Aang was trepidatious about bending earth, right? That was the element that that he didn't want to bend, he, I mean, he's an airbender. So I, I think <laughs> he's an that airbender. He, now, again, look, look, we're, we're asking each other these questions now. All I know is we're going to have to do another podcast after you and I both binge this mm-hmm. again so that we could answer these questions in as thorough uh, details as Jacob just did for us. Mm-hmm. Here's an here's a overarching question for you. Why do you think, like, in the style of anime, and this is an anime influenced, animation series it, it wouldn't be considered strict straight anime no, it would not yeah but why do you think there's more in my opinion like more heart to this stylistic uh, in the anime style versus like i use the simpsons as an example which is obviously matt created that show as a totally different style but what what do you mm-hmm. think it is about this this style of rendering that sort of opens it up to having more heart and being more relatable it's been very interesting for me because I never watched anime or anything close to it growing up, but my wife loves it. So she's introduced me not only to Airbender, but to One Punch Man and all these other shows. And what I've noticed is there's just a freedom in these styles. Mm-hmm. You know, cartoons, we know, Simpsons, Family Guy, you could do more than in traditional acting because, you know, you could have somebody fly up and explode. And it's not going to cost a million dollars to make that happen. But I think with anime, they're just trying to trying to do things in a completely new way all the time. And that includes their emotional uh, tone that they're trying to set because it's unlike anything else that's streaming. Yeah. No, it is. This, the style lends itself to having more, if I dare say, depth, you know, than traditional yes. animation. So it's it's definitely an area, you know, when we had Mary Chifo on, she talked about anime and Studio Ghibli. And it was really the first time I discussed, you know, the, that sort of, con- like, the anime world in depth. So I'm, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I will be, and, and as I said at the end of the podcast, not surprising, I will be doing a Last Airbender rewatch. <laughs> yes, and my wife's going to be super happy because I think I'm going to have to do it. Okay, good. <laughs> well, before <laughs> we guys let you go, you know what we say, sharing is caring. Spread the word. Uh, if you're a fan of Jacob Buster, if you're a fan of The Last Airbender, if you're a fan of me or Jake, share this podcast. Let people know. And we'd love to hear your feedback. We are Fanatics on Twitter and we are fanatics.com where you can 
listen to this episode, Mary Chifo's episode, and all our previous episodes. So definitely cruise on over there and press play when you have a chance. Until next week. See you soon, guys. (laughs) Bye. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts welcome to pura the most pristine safe Climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the Outer Lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! doesn't feel so safe anymore. We're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. All right, everybody, before you go, I want to remind you that next week we have an amazing episode with the one and only Alondra Delgado, and she is going to be talking about cooking. You've seen her in Mayans MC, Vita, Safe House, All-American, but you're going to hear her here next week talking about her love for cooking alone. So stay tuned and see you soon. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. <laughs> <laughs>